back to the Value Driven Investor Podcast, where we forge value-driven investors on a mission to live life on their terms. No matter where you have come from or where you are going, becoming a value-driven investor is in all our best interests because becoming financially free allows us to focus on what matters most, fulfilling our purpose. Our community of value-driven investors is committed to showing you the way. With the support of this community, you are sure to reach your goals. For all of us in the value-driven investor community, there is no greater gift than the gift of giving because together, anything is possible. All right, so we're back for the Value Driven Investor Podcast. And today I'm super excited because I have an awesome guest for you guys. It's actually a guy who I've helped mentor into the real estate investing game. And it's going to be a really exciting story because we've actually done deals together. And I think it's important as a value driven investor and especially a real estate investor when you're getting started to have someone in your corner that's actually done what you're trying to do. Um, and, you know, in the podcast before and episodes before, we talked about a mentor. And at the end of the day, you know, you can have a coach and you can pay somebody to, to help you do things and, and to guide you in the right direction. But mentorship, mentorship is way more than coaching. Mentorship is when someone like myself decides that, you know what, it's time to get back because I've gotten this far in the game and I got to help somebody else get in the game because I wouldn't be here if someone didn't help me get out of that plane, jump out of that plane like we talked about and, and take a chance. And so today I'm going to have Ryan Custodio on uh, and we're going to talk about how he and I have been working together and the deals and the things that he's doing right now. So Ryan, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Good, man. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. I'm really excited to talk about our uh, journey together. It's been pretty cool over the, what What has it been? Like 18 months, 12 months, something like that? Uh, yeah, it's been coming up on two years. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. No, it's been good, but yeah, it's exciting journeys. I think um, we've done some cool, powerful stuff and excited to move forward. Yeah, man. I'm excited for you and I'm excited for us because I think there's cool things uh, in the future. So let's start off, man. You know, real estate is something that you don't really like you're not born to say, well, unless you have a, a dad maybe or family or something like that, that's in the real estate game. Sure. You might end up in the real estate game or be thinking about it as a young person. But for me, I know for me, I don't know about for you, but I didn't have anybody in my life that was in real estate. And there was a certain moment in my life where I real estate just kind of came into my life and there was a spark. What was the spark for you? Um, so many things. Um, my, my family had invested in some properties uh, years ago. So I had come into uh, just getting a little bit of a touch of it there and then had um, a close friend that was doing real estate for years. And um, so I got to see some of that as he was as doing properties, which is really cool to see. And then my mother-in-law actually has a property management company. So I got to touch base on some of that as well. And um, just saw the focus of it, helping people and uh, just was charged up about it. What, like, how old were you when you first got that spark of real estate? I mean, was it like a 10 year old? Were you 20? What was it? Um, I would say early 20s. Yeah. When I saw, um, you know, just people that knew their agents and, and, you know, doing the deals and, and working for themselves and obviously highs and lows. But, uh, 
you know, it was just exciting to see as they, they took people through this journey of, you know, wanting home ownership uh, and, and helping them change their lives. And I thought it was awesome. So yeah, I would say early twenties. So what was your, when you were in that mindset of like, man, I see these other people being successful in real estate and helping people in real estate. What was it that you wanted to do to get started in real estate? What was your first step? Uh, first step, obviously, you know, when you're a brand new agent, I think, you know, you, uh, you know, trying to, to find someone to help. I think uh, that's always, you know, leads, you know, was a big deal in the beginning. Um, but just getting focused on it and getting driven and, and learning the business. I mean, there's so many things. I mean, even being in it now, eight years, you still learn stuff every day. And um, just being humble and trying to help out the best we can. And, and So your forward. first step was you decided, okay, you know what? I think I'm going to get into being a real estate agent. Yeah. So I, I uh, joined a small team and had... Uh, you know, brand new, never done a deal, or anything, and you know, just saw the outcome. I mean, there's, you know, it's kind of years ago. I remember being in the office and, and being scared to talk to other people, or you know, don't want to bother people, but trying to just figure out the ins and outs of real estate because there's just so many different avenues. And I just knew that if you know, stay with it, don't give up, you know, keep going, and you know, I'll find success. Would you consider yourself? Because a lot of people ask me, you know, Murph, you got to be this extrovert. You have to be this like go getter. You have to be this guy that's you know uh, relentless and and you know uh, fearless. I guess that's the real word that I'm looking for because everybody thinks that a real estate agent just picks up the phone and cold calls and hard sells and you know used car salesman, right? Right. Do you feel, I mean, are you extroverted? Are you introverted? Are you a hardcore sales guy? I mean, how do you fit? Because I think this is really key for people because I think people have limiting beliefs about w- what kind of personality you need to be to get into real estate. So how do you think you fit that mold? Um, great question. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit of both, you know, uh, extrovert and introvert. But I, I knew, you know, from the beginning when I was young, I never had a real concern with talking to people I didn't know. Um, I was never really uncomfortable in, in group gatherings, which I don't think you necessarily have to have to be a real estate agent. I mean, I know many successful agents that, you know, they they really don't like, you know, discussing with other people, but they they do well in that in that territory. But it's just finding that that uh, that, that right fit for you. And I think everybody's different, but you know, whatever works is you're gonna find it. So being a real estate agent, like what do you think is and the advantage of having your real estate license, being a real estate agent, and then eventually getting into real estate investing. How do you think that helps you or gives you an advantage or, or maybe it doesn't? Um, so obviously being a licensed agent, you're able to you know, see deals that are potentially, um, you know, maybe they're not, maybe you have a, a client who's looking at, at certain properties or certain areas and maybe something's a fit for them. Um, obviously networking, um, you know, if you happen to have, um, you know, a friend or a family member who might be selling a property you don't know of that might be a potential for an investment. Uh, but obviously just having those connections, having those relationships, I think helps extremely. You know, let's get this party started, man. Let's start talking real estate investing, right? Because that's what this is really all about. Um, what was that spark that got it started for you? Where, When did you decide, you know what, man, I got to do real estate investing. Like being a real estate agent's awesome and everything, but I got to get into the real estate investing game. Like when did that spark hit? Uh, so I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that changed. <laughs> Just like everybody, <laughs> right? Mr. Kiyosaki. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, no, I read that and you know, I even told my wife, I'm like, you got to read this book. And uh, she loved it. And then since now passed it on to a few others. And 
I just love the um, the fundamentals of it, the foundation. And I think within real estate investing, sky's the limit. And that's exciting. I mean, you can really build something really cool on that. So you read the book. How old were you? I love to I talk to people about like where in their life, you know, because again, some other limiting beliefs that people have is that maybe you're too young or maybe you're too old. And I've met all kinds of people that got started in real estate, no matter what age they are, young or old. So where were you? I mean, what age were you? How many years were you in, uh, a real estate agent once you read that book and kind of decided this is it? Um, let's see. I read that book. It would be four years ago. Um, so I've been an agent for four years and uh, I don't know why I didn't find it earlier, but yeah, I read the book and then just saw, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do this, but it's so much, it's just, you can read the book and have the desire and the passion. Um, I think it's just finding those steps and putting those pieces of the puzzle together to get to your first deal. And right. that's not always easy. Um, you know, and it's just obviously making connections, asking questions and going from there. So tell us, you know, what was the very reason why you wanted to start investing in real estate? Well, I think there can be a good return. You know, I know there can be ups and downs, but essentially um, uh, several things, um, the return on investment, helping others. And uh, also with real estate sales, um, I think it's another piece to help supplement income, almost like a secondary. Um, it's obviously within real estate. So it just felt like a really good fit. So when you say it can supplement your income, because I totally agree with that. That was uh, one of the things when I, I I got into real estate period because I wanted to get into real estate investing. And that was because of uh, Retire Young, Retire Rich, Robert Kiyosaki book. We're going to talk about, you know, he had a big influence in a lot of people's lives when it came to real estate investing. So I'm on the same wavelength with you when uh, when it comes to opportunity. I got into real estate because I wanted to be a real estate investor. I got my license because I was broke in my dad's basement. And I was like, well, how do I invest in anything if I have no money? Um, and so I was like, well, let's get into the real estate game by being a real estate agent. And so maybe a little bit different than uh, than your thinking to get started. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, what was it for you were you looking for the cash flow? Were you looking to buy a rental property and then get cash flow? On a, are you, were you looking to get stay in single family residential? Were you looking to flip a house? Were you looking to do a wholesale deal? I mean, what was it that was intriguing or was going to be that avenue or that thing that you wanted to get out of real estate investing? Cool, great question. Uh, and a lot of those that you just mentioned, um, everything from you know. Uh, turning a property doing a flip to creating a portfolio for rental properties. Um, you know, obviously done a, a flip the one we did and then uh, doing, a, doing a flip right now and wanting to create that rental portfolio. Um, you know, I'd love to have, uh, you know, 10 doors within five years. That would be great. Um, but again, you know, just being able to have, um, you know, in those investments, I think, uh, you know, long-term run, I even think about, you know, it'd be great to be able to have a portfolio to hand down to my son someday. And that, that's exciting to me, but also too, to be able to, again, you know, just help, help people. That's really fantastic that you have a goal of 10 doors in the next five years, I believe you said, was that yeah. what you said? Yep. Yeah. yeah. 10 doors in the next five years. So let's talk about that a little bit. You have a goal of 10 doors in five years. And I think that that's huge 
when you get into the real estate game, because if you don't have a goal, if you don't have something you're going after, you really don't know if you're getting there, right? And right. so your 10 doors in five years, what, let's, let's talk about that. What is that gonna do for you being a real estate agent? Because obviously I'm a real estate agent, that's how I got into the game. And I, I know what you're thinking because real estate agent income is ebbs and flows. It's like riding a roller coaster. Uh, and no matter how much you're making, you can never make enough. So the roller coaster is always going to be there. You might not have to worry if you're going to make any money, like you're not going to make any money selling houses, but you don't know if you're going to make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, you're going to make $300,000. And that's a crazy ride to be on. Um, especially in a cyclical market like Minnesota, where you and I are at, where you have winter and summer and four seasons. So I totally get that roller coaster. What though, when you have 10 properties uh, in five years, like what does that give you? What what kind of peace of mind or what does that give you when you mix that with your real estate sales career? So it's just that peace of mind uh, or a little bit, you know, and I know there's going to be stresses with having rental properties, um, you know, um, dealing with tenants, you know, helping them, uh, maintenance on the properties, but being able to scale your numbers so that you're able to see, okay, if I've got X amount of dollars coming in, it's just going to help out. Uh, just as you said, in real estate sales, you can have some phenomenal months. And then there's months too, that can be a little bit slower, um, depending, especially I would say in Minnesota, we have seasonality here. I see our spring market's the strongest, but as it comes into the holidays and winter time, you know, it can slow down. So having that is just, I think a great attribute to, you know, peace of mind, having, having some, um, you know, solid income coming in on those. And again, they're still, they're obviously appreciating, um, for the most part, um, you hope, but you know, just that whole philosophy of they're helping someone have a place to live, but at the same time, you know, they're paying down the mortgage and, you know, in the end, you've got a property that you can do what you wish then is, you know, like you talked about retirement. I mean, I think that could be great having a, you know, a portfolio for that. Um, you know, I do investments and stuff with stocks and as well, but I just feel I'm passionate about real estate and just feel that that's a great spot to invest my money. Well, and that's, you know, that's one thing that I talk to a lot of real estate agents about. And what I'm, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to launch Value Driven Investor is that I feel like real estate agents are amazing at real estate, but they don't ever invest in it. I mean, so many countless people, the guys that have been in the game for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, like old dogs. And I talked to them when I got in the game right off the bat. And I said, what's the one thing that I need to do if I'm going to be in real estate forever. They said, invest in it. I'm like, what do you mean invest in it? Of course I'm going to invest in it. That's why I got into it. Yeah. Well, I said that to myself for 30 years. I've been in this business and yeah, I did a couple of this and a couple of that, but I didn't create a portfolio of real estate investments that I can say I have now that are supporting me over 30 years of the real estate. And and this guy had been in it. It was, you know, at a brokerage I was at and I just, put my head down. I'm like, man, how could you be in the real estate business for 30 years and not say you have a portfolio of assets that are spitting out cash flow? Because in my mind, that was just like a no brainer. And again, I got into real estate because I wanted to be in real estate investing, but that's like just a no brainer because what you're self-employed, you have no 401k, you can, you know, invest in SEPs and all these different things. But at the end of the day, it's like, what's your retirement plan? For right. me, as a real estate investor coming into a real estate as a real estate agent, my retirement plan was I'm going to buy properties, have cash flow, and whatever the the cash flow is, that's my retirement plan. You know, exactly. and so are you thinking the same thing? Absolutely. You know, I, I, you know, 
everybody's different in the real estate business um, and teaches their own. But I just personally, I don't want to be that agent that's in my 50s, 60s, 70s um, with not anything to fall back on as far as a retirement plan for myself or my family. Or I can't imagine being in my 60s, you know, still trying to do open houses and, and still trying to you know, find leads. And the same thing you should be doing when you're building your business when you first get into it. And real estate investing is going to be the key to that just to, again, create that foundation. I mean, well, Ryan, think about this too. Like, I don't know if you thought about this, but disability, like what happens if you get hurt and you can't sell houses? What do you do now? Yeah, exactly. You know, you can try and shift and do things, but yeah, if you can't physically work, you can't work. But again, owning these rental properties, they're working for you. I mean, you're, you're, you're using, using them to help leverage your life and, and help out. So all right, man. Well, let's get to the next step here because I really want to tell people about how you and I connected. I think it's a cool story. It's it's awesome from my perspective. Um, but when you decided to invest in real estate and that was like your passion and, and you were ready to really execute on it, um, how did you decide that you wanted to ask me to lunch? Because that's really how you started our relationship is you said, hey, and the, and the best part about it is like, we're in the same, we were in the same brokerage at the, at the time and your office yeah. was right next door. Yeah. And you're like, Hey man, so would you ever go to lunch? Why don't I kick that up? Ask me to lunch and then like kind of get that going and tell them how that started. Yeah. Well, I had a couple of friends that were doing investment properties. Um, you know, I have a, a real estate agent friend who's been very successful in it. Um, but you know, just watching it, I mean, you know, being around you, obviously being in the office, and then following you on social media, um, just seeing your successes and what you've done. I'm like, hey, I got to connect with this guy. So that was gave me the drive to ask to lunch. And then obviously asked a bunch of questions. And how do I get into this? How do I do this? And um, remember at that time, I didn't have uh, a lot of a lot of cash flow to to invest it. But you gave me some tips on that and um, helped out. And you know, now here we so are. So let's let's talk a little bit more though. When you were like, hey man, I'm gonna let's go to lunch, you know, in your mind, obviously, what were you hoping to get out of that conversation when when we went to lunch? Because I mean you're not gonna ask a guy to lunch and not try to get something out of it, right? No, I just think I wanted to ask, you know, I'm asking you, how did you get started? You know, what what did you do? I remember asking you, what books are you reading? You know, what are your habits? What do you how are you doing this? You know, is I know it's it's not just um, it just doesn't fall in your lap. So what, what things have you done? How, what work have you put in that I can mimic or, or follow or learn how to do if I don't know how to do it? Um, and over the time, I think you had just bought a property and, and, you know, figuring out if you're going to rent it or flip it, you know, just all those logistics and, and you can read so much and, and get info information, but being able to physically talk with someone and pick their brain. So that was my, my main goal in that conversation or that lunch was to hope you'd go and then be able to pick your brain about how you started. I remember we talked about, you know, your days, you know, even talking from when you played hockey and, and you know, yeah, living in your, your dad's basement and then what you did and how you did things and, and structured it just to try and get an idea of how I can create that in my life. And, you know, from that, what would you say, you know, with my responses, would you say like that? Because this is a great situation. I think there's so many people out there that they're scared to ask for someone's time, number one, especially someone that's been quote unquote successful. You know, if they look at them and they're like, okay, that's where I want to be. That guy's successful, but oh, why is he going to talk to me? Like he doesn't want to talk to me. I think, I think people in their minds that that's, that's something that goes through their mind all the time. And it's, and it's disappointing. 
because that's all that is is a confidence situation. But you, you weren't, I mean, you were confident as hell. So you're like, hey man, let's go to lunch. Like, I'm not scared to ask this guy to lunch. I'm, I, I'll, and I, and you know me, I was like, dude, I'd be glad to tell you whatever you want. Ask the right questions and you're gonna get some good answers, I think. And so why should people not be scared to ask for that help? You just you need to. I think I think people are afraid that you know they may get a rejection or that they you know I think as you open yourself up. I mean in that conversation and we both opened ourselves up a lot. You know just with with personal information and everything. Um, and I think people might be a little bit afraid of that. And I just got to say you know don't be. I mean if you if you if you have a good feeling about someone and and, and you see their success, there's a reason for it. Um, but I knew if just asking the right questions and and you helped me out helped me a lot with answering them and you're honest and shared your mistakes you've made like dude don't do this or this was really good or if you want to get lined up for this these are the steps you need to start taking and it was it was very i appreciated a lot you know it was good yeah and i think i think what you did right there man it would that's really like the first step and and that's why i wanted to sit down with you again and and this is going to be an episode in the beginning of our the podcast that i'm putting together here at value driven investor because one of the big things is taking the first step and asking for help and finding a mentor or a coach or whatever you think is the right fit is taking the first step. And so, Ryan, you took the first step. You said, hey, man, let's go to lunch. Now, after the lunch, what do you feel like, you're, you know, because I know I go to a lot of meetings with a lot of people, too. Sure. And then I do the lunch. I, you know, I'm on my way to the car and I'm like, man, how did that lunch go? What were your thoughts after you sat down for that lunch with me and walk into the car and kind of in the car, going to your next meeting or whatever you're probably doing, you, you had to be reflecting on it. What was it? I did. It, the big thing was, I was like, right away, just kind of take it back. You know, you think with anything, if you look at the whole entire picture, it can be overwhelming. So I immediately took notes, wrote down, you know, key points I had remembered from our conversation and just kind of built on it from there. Um, I think anytime you talk with someone who's very, you know, can be successful or is successful that like you can just become jumbled and it's like, all right, well, I, I got to essentially lay out a game plan for myself, scale it down to where it can work for me and, you know, figure out the right steps and, um, just you know, start taking action, start, start a plan, you know, roadmap. What was, okay. So what was the first three steps that you wrote down or what in your mind, what was the next thing you had to do after that meeting? Uh, well, first thing I needed to do was, um, just wanted to clean up some finances pieces we had talked about. You know, I'd had a few things, um, you know, a little bit of credit card debt. I think, you know, we all go through that, especially as real estate agents. Like, all right, we need to do this. Um, you know, talked with a lender friend, figuring out how to how to do that piece, if that was going to be it. And then another thing, too, was um, you know, talking about you'd share with, if you don't have the cash up front, you're like, dude, you just go find the cash. You know, find someone who will help you invest in the property. Help, help them. You know, if you can draw out a plan and give them a good game plan, you can start investing in real estate with really little to no money down on your, out of your pocket. So that was really critical. I'm like, all right, I need, I need to find that. I need to find that, you know, that income or that, that piece. Well, of you know, and this, I guess, leads us into the last thing I really want to talk about is that next step that you and I took. I mean, after that launch, you know, trust is a two-way street, you know, and you started the relationship by saying, hey, let's hook up. But after I sat down with you, I could really tell in, and that's, I mean, I've sat down with a lot of people and I, I've shared as much knowledge as I can with a lot of people. And I will share it with a lot of people because I, that's my way of giving back through the value driven investor. Right. Um, but the thing was that 
you know, the question I always walk away with when, when I sit down with somebody and they ask me for information and then I walk away, I say, is he going to use it? Like, is he really going to use it? Because like that hour of my time, I could have been looking for a deal, but I don't care if he uses it. Like then that hour was more better spent sitting at lunch with him than doing anything else if he uses it. And that was the big thing is I'm like, man, I think he might actually use that information and do something with it. And so the next thing that was in my head, just like you were sitting there scratching down notes, I was, I was thinking in my head, I'm going, Hmm, let's see if he's going to use it. And so my, one of my goals was, is I'm going to give him an opportunity to get into a deal at some point. I don't know when it's going to be. It could be six months, eight months, 12 months, year two, three from now. And I'm going to give him an opportunity. I'm going to say, Hey, Ryan, I got an opportunity for you. And isn't that what I, exactly what I did when I reached out to you and said, Hey, Ryan, I got this deal that I, uh, over in Shakopee, Minnesota, it's a smaller flip that I'm going to do. Do you want to invest with me? You remember that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. And I was excited. Yeah, so I can paint the picture <laughs> for everybody. So that was a rambler. Um, and Ryan actually, he's the one that brought the deal and he's like, Hey man, I got this deal and I was thinking about it. He goes, well, do you want it? You know, you can just buy it as an investor, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, let's see it. I checked it out. And then I was like, well, how about we do this deal together? And you're like, well, let's do it together. Okay. How is it going to work? Right. Yep. Do you, you remember that? Like, remember, tell yeah, tell remember, them how you actually, brought the deal. Like at, explain at, that story. At the gas pump, filling up my car. Um, I think I reached out to you, left you a message or text or something. And you'd call back and saying, Hey, you know, Tim, I, I, I I have a friend who has, has this property and um, I I think uh, the people, they just want to, you know, sell to an investor, just meet me done. And, um, you know, you my first call, I, again, kind of from our conversation or lunch, I knew I, I knew you, I trusted you. And, uh, you know, if I'm going to pass it off, I'm going to pass it off to a buddy. And then when you said, hey, let's do this together. Well, cool. I, you know, I, I didn't think of that piece. But then, um, yeah, we, we came up with terms, figured out how to do it and, well, and the thing was, is that, you know, I said to Ryan, I'm like, Ryan, why, why don't you do this deal? Ooh, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm ready for it. I don't think I'm positioned right for it financially. Was, you know, it just, yeah. it wasn't the right time, which I mean, there's so many times I can tell you that that wasn't the right time to do a deal happens all the time. And right. so then I said, well, okay, I'll take this deal down, but how, how can I get in, you involved? I mean, you brought this deal to me. And that was the big thing is I, I was thinking in my head, you know, I was like, God, how do I get him involved? That's, I want to, I want to get him involved. I got to get him to jump out of the plane and take that leap because if I can get him to do that, then I can keep getting him to jump out of the plane and do the next step and the next step. And so I said, I said, what can you do? Can you put any money in the deal? And you're like, well, I got some money I can put in the deal. I'm like, are you willing to do put money in the deal? Do you trust me enough to put money in the deal? And we worked out that number. What was that final number that we kind of worked out that you're like, you know, I can put this much in the deal. Yeah. So what it came up with is we decided on, on cash on cash. And I remember saying, Hey, you know, I want to be involved, you know, kind of from a you know, standing back perspective, you know, just watch the ebb and flow of how this goes together. And you're like, yep, yeah, nope, cool. You can be involved as much as you want. And we decided on a cash on cash deal. So um, I put um, 60,000 in and you promised me a 20% return on it. Um, so yeah, when we were said and done, I got a check back for 72 and it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing, you know, you can't, you relationships every single day are built on trust. And I'm like, man, I like this guy. You know what? I think he's a go-getter. I think he's actually going to do it. 
I, I want to get him out of the plane. He's got to jump. I want to be the guy that, you know, because my philosophy, Ryan, is, you know, when you're a new investor, it's like jumping out of a plane when you're skydiving for the first time. And most Absolutely. of the time when you're going to do that to actually jump out of the plane, well, number one, for safety and risk, you're usually attached to somebody that's done it a thousand times, right? And so yeah. I, I think it's a great analogy because I said, I want to attach him to me, sit at the edge of the plane. And now I'm asking him, are we going to jump? Are we going to jump? And you were like, you didn't really hesitate. You're like, God, yeah, man, let's do it. And like you said, okay, let's do it. So the, we did it and we said, hey, man, give me $60,000. You'll come in as a passive investor. I will give you a return on your money. Here's what the return will be X. I think the project's going to take approximately Y amount of time. And I think, I, I think that project took us, uh, I want to say it was like four months, maybe yeah. three months, four months, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yep. And I said, it'll take about so three, four months, but I go, you have to understand it could take a year. I mean, <laughs> this is real estate investing and my last name's Murphy and <laughs> anything's possible. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so you're like, no, I you're get it. I get it. Like I, I'm, right? I'm totally yeah. cool with that. And then I also yeah. said, you know, I want you to embrace the opportunity because that's another reason why I wanted to do it with you is that like embrace the opportunity to see the processes, ask questions, because really at the end of the day, that's for me being a mentor. That's what it's all about. Like, like you said, you can read it in a book. Robert Kiyosaki writes awesome books, but if you have somebody that literally you're living the deal with, you're living through the deal. You see the adversities, you see the carpenters, you see the painters, you see the plumbers, you see the project get demoed. You, you, you know, and that was the, that for me, honestly, was, it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome to, to have those conversations with you, walk you through the problems and the solutions and be in a live deal. And then the best part also for me was when I was able to deliver exactly what I told you I would deliver. Now, that's the risk for me as a mentor. It's like, but what if I don't? Like, what if this goes wrong? Because I've had deals not go right. And now all of a sudden this sucker goes wrong and I look like a complete idiot. That's my risk. But you know what? Again, when you're a value-driven investor, man, you got to be willing to give and you got to be willing to take some chances. And we were both willing to take that chance. And honestly, it worked out as good as it possibly could have worked out. What I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with it. You know, I, I think um, you, you did a great job with, I think, prepping me for, you know, the wins and and if there are any falls. Um, I think the you know, one of the big attributes taken out of doing the first deal, especially with someone you get to you know walk side by side with, is, is just feeling the emotions of it um, and how to you know, really delegate those emotions. Because, I mean, there's highs. I remember there's projects, you know, there's parts of the project where, oh, this is going to be a little bit more or, or we found this. Wow, we have to crack this. We weren't budgeting for that. And, it was just interesting to see and how to put the pieces of the puzzle together. But um, no, it was, it was a, a great experience and I'm so thankful for it. It was awesome. Well, you know, and Ryan, I remember one of our conversations was also about price, right? Because that was, you brought that deal to me and you're like, well, what do we think you can sell this for? And like, what do you think the rehab cost is going to be? Um, and I started going into all that and you were kind of like, really? You think we can really sell for that? Are you sure we can sell for that much? Murph, Really? I'm like, yeah, yeah dude, we got to all day long. Yeah. Yeah. And you were kind of like, you were apprehensive, like, man, 375, I don't know, the comps are this. And the point to that is you're, you were, I would be doing the same thing. When I first got into real estate investing, I was very skeptical that I would ever reach the max price that the other investors that I was working with at the time thought we could get because you have that anxiety. You have that, you're scared about the risk. You're scared about taking the chance. 
you're literally sitting at 20,000 feet, some dude strapped to your back that says, hey, I've done this a thousand times, and you're about to jump out of the plane. And you don't know if you're going to live because that's what it feels right. like when you do your first deal. And that's- reward, right? Right. Yeah. Risk reward, yeah. man. And so that's kind of where we were at. And you were like, I'll never forget it. Cause you're always just like, man, you really think we can get 375 for this? Like Murph, I think maybe 350 and like, you know, it's a uh, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, that was pretty cool because we pretty much, I think we nailed that thing for 372. Uh, yeah. And, and I had gotten an offer for a lot less and we rejected it. And I was like, Nope, we're not dealing with that. They're, they're crazy. The house is worth more than that. Uh, and then we got another offer and it was boom, right where we needed it to be. And I remember you going, dude, we nailed that. That was great. <laughs> Success. Yes. Awesome. Right. And so that's, you know, that's one of the experiences is that, you know, when you're about to jump out of the plane, man, you, one of the biggest decisions when you're doing a deal is will it sell for this price? What price can you get? Because when you run your numbers, you reverse engineer it from that purchase price all the way back to what's it going to cost? What are our holding costs? What are all our expenses? What's our net going to be? And then when you see your net, well, what is left there? Like, do we have enough safety margin? Because it doesn't always work out the way you want to. And if you have to drop the price, 5, 10, 15, 20, all of a sudden you drop the price, 30,000, because you really screwed it up. And you might be making no money or you might be throwing money back into the game and nobody's happy. And so that is one of the number one best Well, number one determining factors when you do a deal. And what was enjoyable with that is that you're a real estate agent of, you know, eight years. You understood pricing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it was, you know, obviously looking at the comps, seeing what it was. I know, uh, I think we were pushing the envelope, but it was the right time, right time. Okay, so let's go on to the next deal. Right now, we are working on, well, not we, you are working on deals. So it's funny because the first time you brought the deal to the table, we worked something out. I wanted to get you involved. The next yep. deal was a wholesale deal that I found off of uh, some lead generation I'm doing on the internet. And I was like, man, this deal isn't good for me. It's a money maker, but it's just like, I got other projects that I'm doing. This one just isn't going to be the right projects for me right now. Who can I, oh, I know who I'm going to talk to. And I was like, dude, I got to hit up Ryan and see if he's interested and maybe I can wholesale this opportunity to you. So tell them a little bit about that wholesale deal that I had sent over to you and you're literally right in the middle of flipping it, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Actually um, working on it this weekend again. No, I remember you gave me a call and you said, Hey, I got this opportunity coming up townhouse in Egan, um, two bed, three bath, one car. And you said, Hey, we, you know, we got to close this date and would you be interested? And of course, I said, "Yeah, I'm in." Um, I remember I was driving home from up north, and the only you know, talked to my wife like, "Hey, we're buying a place. It's gonna be our first one." And I know we can do it. So <laughs> she's like, "What?" Yeah, and um, no, obviously we closed on it. It's good. I am right in the middle. Let's of go the- back though. Let's rewind. So yeah. you said, "Hey, I'm in." I mean, like literally, that's exactly what you did. You didn't even hesitate. Again, no, that's a hurdle. Like, how come you didn't hesitate? How come you weren't apprehensive? How come you weren't nervous about it? Um, again, I trust, I trust you. And I knew that if you ran, you know, I know you ran the numbers knowing you and I remember talking to you about, um, you'd share with you what you thought the comps would be after it sold, um, and what I'd be buying it for. And I remember we got a chance to get over there, take a look at it so we can at least get an estimate on construction costs, rehab costs. Um, you know, I did some homework, 
uh, reached out to some contractors and just started you know, reversing my numbers and then saw that, okay, yeah, you know, that was it. But, but the initial piece was like, you know, you're like, you know, it, Ryan, you, you, you're either in, um, or, you know, if you're not, I get it cool, but I gotta, I gotta reach out to the next guy on the list. So I was very happy and fortunate to be the, the guy that you called first and thank you for that. But, you know, I just, um, again, you, you got a little bit of risk there and I think you gotta be willing to, you know, strike when the iron's hot. So. so what did you think in that deal? What do you think that house is going to sell for? Because again, let's start there, man. I mean, I think I had a number and now what do, what's your number? So I'm thinking it's going to be between uh, like 220 and 230. That's what I'm, I'm, you know, so maybe coming and, and, you know, I got that deal for 140 and I sold you that deal for 165. And then there's obviously some costs in there. Yeah. So, I mean, if you hit, 220, you're gonna make a decent penny, aren't you? Yes. Yep. I think um, I think we were all in for like 169.5. Um, I'm trying to budget. You know, I'm trying to stay around 20,000 for the rehab. It might push 25 because I'm doing a few extra things. Um, but the place is gonna be awesome. It's gonna be completely redone when it's when it's done. And you know, we've come a long ways here. Even we closed on that November 2nd, and it's what uh, December 4th. So, I mean. Yeah, just just moving along, and I know I reached out to you for a couple of things. You know, just like, hey, you got a contractor for this, right? You know, I got a second opinion, and I think that's another great thing. You know, I mean, obviously having a relationship is networking. Like, hey, you, you got somebody, or my guy's busy, or you know, time is time is money, and you got to get it done. So, right, and especially in today's economy, I mean, there's one thing that's fact, and that is subcontractors, especially good ones, especially ones that you can trust, are busy. And so if I need a subcontractor, I like to reach out to investors I trust and be like, hey, man, do you got a recommendation? And usually when you get that recommendation, that sub is going to be like, well, is the dude good? And if they vouch for you, that sub will be like, okay, fine. Because the sub doesn't want to go work for someone that he doesn't know. There's two things a sub wants. He wants to get more work from somebody that can give him consistent work and he wants to get paid. Yeah. And he doesn't want to have to beg people for money. That's not supposed to be his job. Um, and so when he gets a good recommendation from someone, he knows, okay, I trust Murph. He gave me a recommendation, could be good work. Plus this guy's an investor, might be more work. And number two, if Murph's recommending him, odds are I'll probably get paid because if there's one thing that can ruin a relationship, it's when you find out that the dude doesn't do what he says, says he's gonna do. And number one, if, you, if the guy says he's gonna pay somebody and doesn't pay him, that, that burns bridges, man. I've lost awesome relationships because <laughs> I've borrowed money and they've said, yeah, I'm going to pay you back and I haven't gotten what I was supposed to get. That's the number one killer of all relationships. So um, that's super cool that what, so like, I mean, everybody wants to know this. This is real estate investing, right? Like, what are you hoping to make on that deal? 20,000, 30,000, what, what's your number? I'm hoping to make between 25 and 30,000 on it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. That's and, and you're going to flip that what in 30, 60 days, something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm so we close November 2nd. I'm hoping to have it on the market. Um, probably second week in January. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. You know what? Uh, you know, obviously on our website and stuff, I want to, would you be willing to share like some pictures and maybe we do some pictures and stuff? Oh, Does, have you done yeah. any before and after? I have been. Yeah. Kind of like when awesome. I learned this again doing Shakopee, you know, but yeah, I took you know, the first day that we closed, you know, ran over, took a bunch of photos of it as it was. And then, um, you know, as the, the rehab process has, has come together, I mean, you know, 
when the carpet got tore out and all the flooring, you know, took pictures of that. We've um, since repainted all the cabinets inside and out. Um, That's one thing that I never, you know, I think we've all seen when you're doing a flip. We'll say you go to a property and they paint the outside of the cabinets, but they don't paint the inside. So always paint yeah. the cabinets you're dealing. But yeah, had um, there was a um, a shower, small leak upstairs. We found that it was just it was something easy, but just the overflow for a tub. So I had the sheetrock repaired, you know, cam lights installed. I mean, I just ordered all the quartz countertops the other day, undermounts, and yeah, just going to town on it. New sliding glass doors getting installed, but. And your budget, you said, is your goal is 20, but you think it might get to 25? 20, it might get to 25. Yeah, nice. just we're doing a couple extra things. I mean, I, I just, I, you know, I feel just going through it. I mean, you know, the next um, either person or family that's going to live there, I just want it to be great for them. And that, dude, that's value-driven investing right there. See, that's the big difference because there's a lot of investors out there that all they're worried about is their ROI, and then they half-ass it, and then they produce a crappy product and then really all they're doing is shooting themselves in the foot because they're getting emotional about um, you have to you have to be emotional about the numbers so I'm not telling you that you should ever blow your budget because you want to deliver an awesome product um, for the consumer and, and then you know put yourself at risk no I'm not I don't ever agree with that but you should always go into the project with a healthy enough budget that you're delivering a quality product because I will tell you all day long that if you deliver a product that's superior to the competition on the market, which you already are superior because you're flipping the project and it's going to look nice and new, but if somebody walks through or, or a seasoned agent like Ryan walks through one of my projects and he, he sees crappy work, he's not going to tell his client, oh yeah, I know Tim Murphy this is awesome work when he knows in the back of his head, they're going to move in and who are they going to call when they find out that the cabinet door just fell off or that the vinyl flooring is peeling or that the paint is crap. You know, they're going to call Ryan and Ryan's going to call me and be like, dude, what did you sell my client? Right. And then, again, it's about, it's a, small world, right? it's a small world. It's about relationships. You know, it always comes back to that. So I commend you, man. Cause we've had conversations about that. I'm like, you know what? If it's a couple thousand dollars and you can afford to take that chance, I always take the chance and lean towards delivering a better product. Um, so I commend you for that, man. That's Thank that's you. awesome. Um, so what else would they want to know? So they know what we bought it for. They know what your construction cost is. They know what your uh, the price is. Um, the other thing we didn't really talk about is that it is a townhouse. Um, so this does have an association, which is a little bit of a wrinkle in uh in investing i prefer to invest in single family residential properties that's another reason why that wasn't the perfect deal for me but there was so much margin in there i was like i wasn't going to pass up on it just because of that um but it is another reason what are your thoughts on the association involvement in your flip there um so quick story on that um reached right out right away you know obviously being an agent and understanding how the associations work and whatnot reached out right away asked for uh, my welcome packet and tried to get that from them uh, didn't didn't come in time or didn't come at all you know kept reaching out um, so we ended up having just trying to get the association fee set up and, and paid finally got that done um, but just yeah just paid November and December's here and it's a little bit of a wrinkle yeah because you got to deal with you know getting that stuff set up but you know I just kind of planned on that in the budget as well um, that I was gonna have that and again if I uh, you know, plan to have it in January I've only got three months in but just part of the deal. All right, man. Well, I think we've shared a heck of a lot today about our relationship together, which you know what? I really value it, man. And I, I can't wait 
for what we can do in the future. I think we've talked a little bit about the deals that we've done and I appreciate, you know, how candid you've been uh, about our relationships. And, and I appreciate that, you know, we still have that trust and I, I think that trust is only going to get stronger in the future. So I got a couple questions, you know, I just want you and, and please answer this candid because I, I don't, I'm not here to try to manipulate you in any, any way, but you know, would you do another deal with me? Oh, absolutely. In a second. Yeah. And I know we will. I mean, that's, that's my feeling. I mean, it's just finding the next one. What absolutely. would you say to people out there that are looking for a mentor in real estate and real estate investing? Um, I would say, you know, obviously someone you feel comfortable with. Uh, but don't be afraid to ask somebody if there's a friend, colleague, you know, somebody that's, you know, I mean, and, and everybody that's investors aren't always real estate agents. I mean, if there's someone you see and you, you, they're doing something that you want to be doing, don't hesitate to ask because that's the first step. And then the final question I have is after doing deals with me, do you feel comfortable saying that I do what I say I would do? 100%. Awesome. You laid out a plan you, you, and you, uh, Totally hit the goal. So absolutely. All right. So the last thing I want to do to conclude this podcast is Ryan Custodio. I want you to tell me between now today and in the next five, 10, 15. And if you're like me, the rest of your life, what are you hoping to do? I know you have a short-term plan the next five years. You want to have 10 rental properties, cash flowing rental properties, uh, but bigger, let's go bigger. Like in the next 10, 20 years, what do you want to do? When it comes to real estate investing, what's your vision? What's your plan? Uh, wow, good question. Um, no plan is, I mean, continue investing in residential real estate um, down the road within ten years. It'd be nice to have. You know, I, I want to start, I guess, within residential. The next piece here, um, would like to step into some, you know, duplexes, tries. Like, you know, I'd like to get into some quads someday, stuff like that, and just start to scale. And as opportunities come across, I mean, you know, who knows? Yeah, I mean. Uh, I uh, thought about apartment buildings, you know, things like that, or just just keep scaling. And is your main objective cash flow, or creating a bigger net worth, or flipping and and accumulating more cash? I mean, what's your ultimate goal? Um, a little bit of cash flow is nice, I think, to help out. But the big thing is, is just I think creating the net worth, just having that. Yeah, you know, I still feel that's a foundation. You know, to be be underneath you to help out, to, to just go to the next level. Um, and as, again, it's, it's my way of looking at, you know, my retirement per se and having those there and to fall back on them. And then when I, when it's retirement age, you can decide what you want to do. I think if you have several of them and you want to retire, maybe you sell off a few, but then you keep a few because it's still now, um, you know, just income that's coming in for you and, and continue paying. And you, I just feel like you're, you're just, it's a lot more control of what you can do. And I want that. Well, Ryan, you know what? At the end of the day, we call that life on our terms, on your terms. You know what? We call that financial freedom. Uh, those are the things. Those are the things that we call it here at Value Driven Investor. That those are aspirations that I why I got into real estate. Um, you know, and and the biggest thing for me as just a person, and why I'm so thankful that you came on this podcast. I'm so thankful for everything that you shared with our audience. Is like at the end of the day, man part of giving back is part of me becoming my best self. And I have all this knowledge in real estate and I'm just so thankful that I'm able to give it to you and you're able to take it and run with it, man. And I can't wait to have you back maybe in a year or two or whenever it is to tell us more about you reaching that goal of, you know, five, 
10 doors in five years, man. So thank you for coming on the Value Driven Investor Podcast. It was an honor having you. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Investor Podcast, where we lead by giving. For more information about our community and what's new, visit valuedriveninvestor.com. The Value Driven Investor Podcast was produced by Digital Legend Media in Minneapolis. Build your legend, digitallegendmedia.com.